2: Hello, and welcome to The podcast, the nature and countryside podcast from BBC Countryfile magazine. My name is Fergus Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast. So this is season nine, where we are exploring spring in 12 different wild landscapes and habitats where we can escape to across Britain. In episode seven, West Country artist Lucy Pendrick enjoys one of the greatest wildlife experiences Britain has to offer the dawn chorus in a deciduous woodland. Earlier this spring, she went out in the small hours to an ancient wood near to where she lives to witness the entire concerto as different species wake up and sing to attract mates and defend their territories at the start of the day. It's a truly magical event. It can be heard anywhere in Britain where there are birds. You just need to get up super early. So we're all grateful to Lucy for making the effort. But as a bonus... Lucy also visited her woodland the night before to capture the Dusk Chorus as well. And that's where we start this lovely adventure.
0: It's nearing the end of April. sat in an ancient woodland I know it's ancient because of the remains of the wooden enemies that lay before me they've all but gone over now Um, but they just like look like little scraps of fabric remnants A bit like something you might find in your grandmother's attic. But just a couple of weeks ago, they would have been bright white shining stars on the forest floor. A key sign that where I'm sitting is ancient. Is golden the light that is is golden because it's just gone 8 p.m. so what I wanted to do was bring you here at night but it felt really important to also bring you here in the time of transitioning that may be because of the world right now and the transitions that we all face or it may just be because it's beautiful right now and um, I didn't want to miss it (laughs) it's very hushed I was expecting perhaps a bit more bird call if I'm honest heading into the evening but it's not disappointing for it if anything it feels very peaceful I'm sat on an old oak bough that has come down and has gone grey and lost its lichen. I don't know why that happens actually. Some appear to drop and grow lichen like there's no tomorrow and others seem to lose it. But it makes a comfortable seat and it's good to see deadwood here. me just explain a little bit more more about this woodland because I think it's important to see a place in all of its seasons well for me it's important anyway it helps me get to know it as well as you can know a wood in summer It's home to strange-faced orchids. They pop up amongst the floor like purple spears. In autumn it fruits with the bizarre bodies of fungi. In the winter it reveals blooms of lichen and moss which would otherwise go overlooked amongst all this verdant green. And here in the spring, there is almost too much to explain, everything rushes forward. It's like a spring tide of growth. And the most noticeable of that at the moment are the bowing droplets of bluebells that are almost fading from my sight right now as the light goes. and creating some kind of blue haze. You can tell there are native British bluebell. All the flowers are on one side of the stem and they're very dainty, very delicate. Almost look like they, they could break at any moment. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit for a while, let it get dark and then I'm going to come back on and see what it sounds like here at night. darkness is slowly being brought in it came in with the crows actually they brought it in with their with their three calls they all came in at once and just went to roost I'm sure they'll probably jump up once or twice If they're anything, like the ones near my home, they tend not to settle too easily. But it's getting darker. The sun is now just a strip of brilliant orange. And the lilac that was in the sky has dropped. And the temperature's changed. I knew they wouldn't settle for too long. I'm watching them, their black shapes going across the sky. I do love to watch a corvid if you want a bird with lots of character. I wonder when they do that, when they don't settle, whether one of them's annoyed the other one. Got the comfy spot, so they've decided it's time to rearrange. <laughs> There's lots of cracking and twigs crunching in the undergrowth. At first I thought might be a deer, but they're so soft-footed it's... Usually only the occasional pinch of a twig. So I'm wondering if it might be a badger. They, they do like to bimble about. Here I was, thought I was coming to the woods for an evening of this tranquil, and actually it's given me crows. <laughs> Noisy crows. And boisterous badges, Ren's song is So special from such a tiny bird. I'm so lucky to hear them quite often. They must be so busy right now. The male can build many nests to impress the female. And she will choose which one she wants to use as a nest. So if that is a male, regardless of how tired he is, from all the building work, he's still gonna sing into the night. I'm really looking forward to the darkness in here. daytime sounds left in the woods, including a robin who seems to be whittling himself to sleep. You know in those cartoons where you see something all cozied up and it makes little snoring noises before it finally drifts off, it's almost like it's doing that. If I could sing like that, I'd probably sing myself to sleep too. It's pretty much given into the night now, but I don't think it will get really, really dark because... The Moon is due to be full on Monday, a full pink moon. So I can see it right now above me and it's shining through the new leaves or the leaves in their truest form because they've just they've just emerged and they're all in their perfect shapes but miniature versions of themselves. And the wind has started to pick up too. It's very dark now and very quiet. But, unexpectedly, the moon has shone through the canopy and created this beautiful pathway of moonlight, just just before me. Um, It reminds me of Hansel and Gretel and the trail of breadcrumbs and I'm wondering if that's the inspiration because all the little flowers are now illuminated but it's hard to distinguish what they really are so they just look like little gems little crumbs along the floor. I'm glad that I'm here to follow it (laughs) or to see where it goes. I managed to pick up those few snippets of tawny sounds. Tawny owls are actually my favourite owl. I think they're often overlooked. For me, they're real owls of their place. They look like the woods, their plumage is like bark and they have these beautiful pool-like eyes that feel really at home in a place like this somewhere slightly bizarre slightly off the beaten track not ours, their eyes from a place that doesn't belong to us. Many people comment to me that they would feel uncomfortable in a woodland at night. And I actually think they're right to. I'm not going to tell them not to be uncomfortable. There is fear here. This is, after all, where folklore was born. These are where the stories come. Don't go into the woods at night. It's a fear. It's a way from our Sofas are curled-up cats, familiar smells. It's a fear that we don't come into contact with very much. We have lots of fears in our lives. But this is a different one in itself. And long may it remain to be that way. Because in an ever-encroaching world, the woods at night are not for us. They are for the wild creatures. It's their time. It's their space. And we don't need to be in it. Every so often though, maybe just three or four times a year, I come down at night to remind myself of those real ancestral senses what it feels like to be fully aware the herons are just doing this tiniest last bit of croaking and it's really quiet so peaceful so I think That's my cue to leave and it would be really great if you kept listening so that you can walk out of the night with me and into the dawn and see this place in a whole nother light, quite literally. 5 a.m. or just after It's just the odd tiny, tiny bit of traffic in the background The world hasn't quite woken up yet It's the first tiny mutterings bird calls robins thrush and I've heard the herons and there's a crow the herons in the heronry will make this dawn chorus quite different yourself in a landscape like a woodland at dawn is to be part of the landscape itself because it's all-encompassing. You don't have to search for anything. It does it for you. ready within 10 minutes. The sound is so much more than those first mutterings of 5am. It's also really good to recognise when you're in a place like this, at a time like this, how you feel too. I didn't sleep too well because I knew that I was going to be up early, so my brain did that thing where it couldn't switch off. So that's left me sleep-filled and a little bit hazy. But in a way, that's part of it. Because that feeling of being a little bit unstable actually leaves you more open to wonderment and receptive to being delighted which it's not hard to do when it's quite this beautiful The sky is now similar to that last light we had yesterday, but not as fierce, it's softer somehow in the morning, just a peachy strip of light on the horizon. Palest blue above. I can see oak trees with their new olive green sticky fresh growth. Pockets of primroses. I think it's amazing how soft that sound is, when it comes out of a beak so fierce. Just Tiny sounds as it settles in. Crows mixed with herons, mixed with wrens, mixed with cranes. <laughs> the crows are really waking up now. It's like a cauldron of crows. They're the same ones that we heard go to roost last night. And I would say. They're possibly a little bit louder this morning. the crane's much closer you can tell it's such a strange sound it's quite nasally in a way almost something like blowing into an empty bottle and as I sit here I just have to cut myself off because there was a tree creeper just going up the side of the tree already at work at just after half past five in the morning. just turned 6am and the woodpecker has begun. Now somebody was trying to teach me the other day how to tell the difference between woodpeckers with their drumming but I don't don't think that I'm going to be able to do that. I think that would take a keen ear but it's a woodpecker. And actually just then, you could hear it in the distance, that laughing call. I've just walked through the wood to a lookout point where there is a bench. And the woodland is on a steep hillside that falls down into... Well, it's not a valley, really, because there's no other side. It is big, open landscape. In the distance, it's quite hazy, but I can see... A little hillock called Borough Month where on the top is an old stone structure I think it was a chapel or a church it's funny how the landscape just changes as it hits the bottom of the hillside there's a wall at the moment of stitch wall, like sea foam, and then suddenly it's the Somerset Levels. I walked past the place I was sat last night which the morning is given a gift because we were sat upon an antler which the woodpecker seems to find very funny but it's beautiful a little lost to the ground some greening on it and it looks like it's been nibbled which I expect it has been so there's gifts of plenty in the woods today I know it can be really hard to peel yourself away from bed when it's comfy and cozy and warm And I know that not everybody can do it, which is why I wanted to do this recording, to share it with people that might otherwise not be able to, not be in the position to, not live near the woods maybe, or physically able to do it, or mentally, because there are some mornings where I don't want to get out of bed. And there are some days where I don't want to get out of bed for the day. (laughs) So it's nice to be able to share this. But if you can, and you can manage it, and it's a thought in your mind that you'd quite like to, I'd say go for it. Because you might regret it the second you wake up. (laughs) You might regret it when you're trying to get out the door but as soon as you're outside and I mean as soon as you're outside in the woodland you're thankful that you came even when the sounds aren't really there because it feels like an adventure and it's not often as adults we get to feel like we're on an adventure. And then it just throws all its magic at you and you'll be smiling for the rest of the day. The only thing I'm wishing I had done was bought a pair of gloves. But I've got the next best thing, which is a cup of tea. (laughs) So I'm going to... Pour myself a cup and watch the rest of the morning come into being.
2: So that was the glorious dawn chorus recorded for us by Lucy in her local woodland down in the West Country. And wow, it's just beautiful hearing those melodies. They're so ferocious early in the morning. Well, maybe ferocious is the wrong word, but the power of them is so intense. And it's one of those things where I tell myself I must get up every single day in spring and hear one of Britain's greatest wild experiences. But I never can. So I'm very grateful to Lucy for getting up and getting up early in the morning. I'm also grateful turning up at a more reasonable hour my two podcast friends, Hannah and Jack. Without whom this podcast would be merely a glint in my eye. Lovely to see you both. Hello. Hello. How's your week been? Soggy. Soggy. It has been wet. Grey. Grey. Soggy. It's I think that's been the wettest week. The wettest May week I can ever remember. And it's made it very difficult for recording nature. I mean, goodness me, it's it's so hard to find a little break in the weather to go out and capture those lovely things that we, we've promised everyone this season. However, we are out and about and intrepid. Have you, either of you ever got up in time to listen to the dawn chorus?
3: I have accidentally, or I've been woken up by the dawn chorus, which is another thing. Um, I think it was last week I was in Bristol, and I'm in the centre of Bristol, and it was loud enough for me to be woken up, especially the wrens. They're powerful.
2: The wrens could wake the dead, really. <laughs> they are immensely powerful for a tiny bird. Yeah, that's true. I think that's that's mostly how people hear the dawn chorus is being woken up halfway through as, the, as it gets louder and louder. And then people start cursing spring <laughs> because, oh, those dratted birds, but actually... Jack, how about you? Is it normally on your way home
1: from the nightclub? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, when I've been at the club all night, I come back early morning. Yeah. It's, I'd love yeah, to you've, <laughs> you've got your tuxedo
2: jacket over your shoulder, yeah. whist, whistling a happy tune, and and in response, you hear blackbirds, robins, wrens, and all the other. Yeah, I that, that yeah, Told,
1: told me. the chauffeur he could carry on without me, and yeah, I I'll can walk just home.
2: see you know walking through the park, <laughs> dawn, dawn rising. Yeah. What an image.
1: Yeah, no, I um I've definitely noticed it. I think I've noticed it more this year because I've been trying to notice it more. Um, but I've also the other I think it must have been a couple of days ago, we went for a walk. Um, just there's the local nature reserve by us. And just walking around there, it was a lot more noticeable. This was in the afternoon, evening time, how loud the birds were there and how much there was there. And I think when there is the dawn chorus, everyone thinks that it was all compacted into this morning, but I think you can also still experience the bird song throughout the rest of the day. It's a really, really good
2: point. Really good point, actually, that yes, it's not to say there's no bird song any other time of day. This this period of the year, sort of from mid-February to the beginning of July, is an intense bird song period. And then suddenly by mid-July. There's no dawn chorus and no and very just a few birds singing and you, you kind of think what, what's happened? Ah, I've missed it. But um, no good point. So you can catch that's possibly why I don't get up in the morning because I know there's some birds singing at any at any stage. But but Lucy also she she caught the dusk chorus as well. So pretty amazing. I also my, take my hat off to her for for going out alone into the woods because it's not you know. We're not good in the dark, human beings, and it's a lonely place. You hear all sorts of interesting sounds, strange sounds, eerie sounds. Would you do it, Hannah? Would you?
3: Mm, Yeah, so weirdly, I'm more comfortable, I think, in the actual dark. So if I was doing it in the evening, I think I would feel better. But there's something about the morning which feels a bit more vulnerable in a way. I know, like, speaking as a woman, um... The only time I've ever been sort of followed on a walk was in the morning. And so the morning feels a bit more scary for me.
2: Yeah, more element of danger. It is really, I mean, there's been a lot of stories, a lot of naturalists writing about their experiences, uh, women naturalists. And it's something that I take for granted as a, as, a, as a man, that I can go walking pretty much anywhere I like, you know, within reason. But I, I, it's heartbreaking that for, for many women, it's it's you have to make all these decisions and there's extra levels of fear that no one should have to deal with. It's, it ruins the sheer joy of being out in the countryside when you have that sort of background of fear. We'd like to change
1: that fully. I guess uh, Hannah feels more safe at night as well because we've already, already established you could wrestle a badger, so... Uh... That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the badgers; who
2: feel unsafe. And uh, in fact, we might get a badger on quite soon to 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 to, to find out how it feels.
3: I'm sorry about that, badgers.
2: And the thing is, with nature, sometimes you do have to put yourself out to, to 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 experience the best of it. And early morning, late evening, it's often the time when nature is happiest. So we have to sort of change our lives to if we want to see. And experience some of the some of the most extraordinary things. That said, with all this horrible weather, there's no chance to see anything <laughs> at the moment. And um, but I'm hoping there will be a break. So while while we're talking about birdsong, our friends at Gardener's World have mentioned to me that they're doing a lovely podcast about the whole reasons why birds sing with the urban birder David Lindo, and he explains the power of birdsong and how to identify what you're hearing, which would be a good crossover with a lot of our podcasts where we do a lot of meeting of different birds and explaining which call is which. So you can listen to the Gardener's World magazine podcast on whichever podcast provider you use. So definitely catch that. They're a great bunch, really interesting stuff. Which brings me to more interesting stuff, our sound of the week. Who'd like to introduce sound of the week?
3: I have this week's Sound of the Week, given to us by our good friend Amanda Hughes-Horan. Um, it is the sound of spring warblers from Huntsville State Park in Texas. Spring warblers in Huntsville State Park. I think
0: that's
1: too often.
2: I like that very much because, although the warblers are lovely, it's really nice to have Amanda's commentary too. And perhaps when we expand to our international podcast, we'll get Amanda to do the Texan the Texan uh, section because she has a lovely voice. And Jack, have you
1: delved deeply into the podcast postbag? I have been rummaging through the postbag, but the digital postbag, because I have Ooh. a tweet and it is from... Pam Wetnell in Australia. Hello, Pam. They have said, having serious bird envy listening to your p- podcast from the levels. I really miss the songbirds and there's such a variety on this podcast. When the world is better, I'll have to take a trip back over in spring. Which is, it's lovely to hear. That's really what I got from that week. So much bird song. And to have that make you want to come and visit, I think's a, a lovely thing. So that's that's brilliant.
2: We'll have lots more sounds of the week, and hopefully some podcast postbag rummaging. So do send all your emails, sounds, and other thoughts to me, Fergus Collins. My email address is editor at countryfire.com. We also look forward to reading them. We look forward to including them in the podcast, and for extra special ones, we'll print them in the magazine. So look out for that. But for now, that's it from the Countryfire podcast. Catch us again next week where we're off for another adventure in spring in the countryside. Goodbye.